Amen. Amen. Just be still for one minute. Just, just be still. Just be still. Just be still. Hallelujah. That's okay. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That is the definition of worship. Here's my heart, Lord. Here's my life. That's worship. Amen? It's not the it's not the show. It's not the songs that we enjoy. It's here's my heart, Lord. Here's my life. Lord, we stand before you now after singing that song, many of us in this room absolutely, positively pray that prayer. Here's our heart. Here's our life. Speak what is true, Lord. Speak into our lives your truth, your word. Lord, only you matter. Only your word matters. Only your will matters. So Lord, fill us today. Touch us in a real and special way. And allow us, Lord, allow us, Lord, the grace that we may present our bodies living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. and amen. You can be seated. <clears throat> Hallelujah. You know, before we um, get started with the message today, I want to just, um, I, I, how happy I am in a, um, with the way things went yesterday with our first care and share since our relaunch and the way we're doing it now. And I want to just, you know, I was so, I was happy with the turnout, but I, I'm going to tell you what really made me the, the happiest was the turnout of the volunteers, the turnout of the folks who came and helped, both on Wednesday and then leading up to Wednesday, there was, there was some hours, there was some effort involved. And then between Wednesday and Saturday, the effort that was involved. You know, and I'm not going to name names because um, your reward is in heaven. And, and, and it matters what God sees, not what I see. It matters what God sees. Amen? And so some of what we'll talk about today may have something to do with that. Um, the works that we do, the things that we do, our service, our sacrifice, the things that we, that we do for God. Amen? The work that we do. I'm going to be reading, I'll read a long passage, relatively long, um, in Luke chapter 15. It will be in Luke chapter 15. I'll have a couple of, probably, I'll make a couple of references other than that, but for the most part, it will be Luke chapter 15. And we'll begin um, in verse 11. Luke 15, beginning in 11. This... Um, this passage, so many of us are familiar with it, whether you've been in this church for a very long time or not. I mean, we've, we've referred to this and taught and preached and ministered out of this uh, section of Scripture many times. And even before that, I mean, so many of us who have been Christians for a long time know this. And even some people who are not necessarily born again or you know, know the Bible know about this particular parable. Then he said, Jesus, a certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father... Give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided to them his livelihood. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, 
and there he wasted his possessions with prodigal living. But when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in the land, and he began to be in want. Then he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and, sent, and he sent him into the, his fields to feed swine. And he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before you, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring out the best robe and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet, and bring the fatted calf here and kill it, and let, it, let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. Hallelujah. So we'll begin to break this down just a little bit. And there are so many different things that we can learn from this passage and then we'll continue if the Lord allows a little bit further in the same passage but so many things that we can learn so I, I want to you know just give a little bit of context of why Jesus is uh, landed on this parable if uh, if we looked back and you don't have to look there now you can look later in the beginning of this chapter um, there was something that was said and, and here's what it said all the tax collectors and the sinners drew near to him Jesus and the Pharisees and the scribes complained, those who were supposed to be the, the religious people, those who were supposed to be the ones who were teaching, those who were the religious leaders. The Pharisees and the, the scribes complained, saying, this man receives sinners and eats with them. So he spoke this parable to them, saying, and he, he spoke first about the lost sheep. And basically he says to them, how many of you, if you had 100 sheep and, and, and you lost one, one wandered off, you would leave the 99 and go to the one and bring it back and then have a celebration. You'd bring that, right? You, you remember, you're familiar with that. Then he also saw, uh, told a parable of the lost coin. Amen. Remember, there was a coin that was lost, gold coin that was lost in the house and the woman swept and, and, and just really just looked for that one coin. Amen. Okay, so, so this now is where he goes to, then he tells this parable. So just for context, okay? <clears throat> so now let's break it down. He said, a certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided them, listen, he divided to them his livelihood. So that's important. It wasn't just the younger son that got his portion, Right? In verse 13, look at it with me. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there uh, wasted all his possessions with prodigal living. Now, I'm going to explain this. Some of you already know this, but prodigal um, with profligacy, whatever that word is. I mean, and basically what it just boils down to is wasteful, shameless spending. It's, he wasted it. But it not just talks about just being um, wasteful with it, but it also talks about um, immorality. He, he used it for immoral things. Amen? His, his, his style of living was immoral. Not just that he wasted it, but he wasted it you know, using it on things that are immoral. Amen? 
Okay, that's that, all of that. But now look, that word prodigal, many of you again already know this. Go ahead and, and uh, if you would, I broke it down for us just a little bit. That word prodigal is a comp, uh, is, it comes from the word uh, astia. Astia. That word, you see the, the letter out in front, the alpha. If you put, and we know this even in our own language, sometimes if you put a in front of a word, it means without that second part of the word, right? Amoral. That means without morals, without morality. Thank you, Luke. Right? Okay, so that, it's, it's likewise here. The second part of that word comes from sozo. Sozo, to save. Deliver. So a sozo, a without, listen, unsaved. So he lived the prodigal living. He lived a life that was unsaved. He lived as if he was not saved. He lived as, as if he wasn't delivered. He lived a life, right? Amen? Amen. Do, do you understand that? Okay, so that, that, is that important? Well, I think it is. So, so you know that that word, that it's so important that that same word that we use as, as it relates to being saved, to being delivered. Delivered from what? Being delivered, right? From the wrath of God. Delivered from this world. Delivered from the path that we were, that we were set upon by our uh, older father and brother, or I should say brother Adam and sister Eve. That nature that was then cast upon us, right? Amen? So we've been delivered from that. We've been saved from that. Amen? So I think, that, I think that that's very important that we understand that because I'm not saying, you know, hey, uh, this is a message on you can lose your salvation and, well, you better be walking on uh, thin ice and you better just be... No, this is not that. Uh, hopefully you'll understand as we get further in. I, I don't mean to, to, to imply that and that's not the, the message. But look at what it says in verse 14 with me. But when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in the land, and he began to be in want. So look, there's a circumstance that happens. Something happens. And because of that happening, it causes, there's, there's an effect. What's the effect? He's hungry. Here's the effect. He's hungry. So look, the reason why I think that's important is because he's, he's put himself in that situation to be in subjugation to some elements that he had, had he not been in that situation, it wouldn't have bothered him. It wouldn't have pertained to him. Are, are you with me? A lot of words, but does that, is that tracking with anybody? So he's in that situation now because of his own desires, because of his own decisions, because of his own free will. He put, he, now he's now in that situation. Now he's, he's suffering a consequence of an element, right, that's not in his control, but there's, come on, so now there's, there's something here. So this is, my brothers and sisters, I, I just want to explode. This is where we find ourselves. Young people, old people, in-between people. But we're supposed to be living these the, the, saved. We're already saved. So we're supposed to be living this life as if, as if we've already been delivered. But we still have this enemy because although we haven't received our full redemption yet. So although we're saved, we still have to endure. And so the enemy, as we've been discussing over the so many periods of weeks now, the enemy is real. It's spiritual, but it's real. And he attacks us in such a way where now these elements are meant for, to have an effect on us. And so the more that we live a sozo, the more subject we are to all of these things that the enemy can throw at, at us. 
See, if we understand and we really enforce this in our lives where we know that we've been delivered. Get a lot of echo or something up here. The more that we do that, right, the less the enemy has on us. And he has nothing on us until we put ourselves in those situations where we're making some decisions where we're now subject to some of these elements and then we suffer lack or want. You know, I just, I don't know. These negative this this creation of lack, I think James, in the book of James, James says it the best, you know, we're led away when, by our own lusts. We're enticed and we're led away because we have our own lusts. But we have help with that. Yes, we still have this flesh, and we still, we, I, I still, I, I have this flesh that I have to contend with, and I, but God told me, and God gave me so many tools, so many weapons, right? And the main thing, it all comes with this anointing, God willing, we'll, we'll talk about this more next week, this anointing that we have the Holy Spirit, this indwelling of the Holy Spirit, which gives us an opportunity, listen, again, not just to have power, but, yes, power, but not just power, but we also have an understanding. So when the devil is throwing these things at us, it's not like it's coming out of left field and we don't know. We know. We know. Amen? But nevertheless, what happens is we start getting a little bit comfortable. I'm going to talk to the older Christians in the, for right now. We start getting a little bit comfortable where we are. We start, um, you know, we know enough and we know a lot. And we're, we're certainly a long way from where God called us from and picked us up and dusted us off. You know, yeah, they're, they're, we've missed a mark. You know, we, I'm not saying that, you know, I'm perfect, you're perfect, we're perfect. No, we've missed the mark here and there, but for the most, we're definitely not that same person that we were when we gave our hearts to Christ. But we've, we've become a little bit comfortable. Maybe, uh, I don't know, whatever it is, uh, we're, we're comfortable in our church, we're comfortable at our job site, or we're, whatever it is. We have this certain level of comfort. But that's when we need to be more careful. Because what can happen? What happens? There's going to be a situation somewhere, somehow, that it's all of a sudden going to create a lack. You're going to have this sense of lack in an area. Let me say this. I know some people, and so do you, and I've been here myself a time or two, where I've worked at a job for quite a long time, and you know, start to get bored with it, or you need a new challenge. I see some people sh nodding their heads, yes. Okay, and you need a new challenge. And then, so, so why? Because you think, well, number one, I need to make more money. Number two, I know that I've had people call me, friends that I know in my business uh, that I, you know, management, property management, call me and say, man, you should go here. They're paying this much or you should go there and blah, blah, blah. And hey, some of the folks, you wouldn't believe, Tony, some of the guys in your position, how much money they're making, blah, 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 blah. And I got to be honest with you. It, ma it makes me think sometimes, man, maybe I should do that because after all, I'm not getting any younger and if the Lord doesn't come back soon, I want to make sure that Michelle is taken care of. Especially if the Lord raptures me out, I want her to be able to have something to live on when I'm gone. <laughs> and you can't squeal, she's sitting right there. I didn't mean that, you guys know that, I'm just teasing. But the fact of the matter is, that is on my heart and on my mind. I want to be, I want to be a good steward, and I know Michelle is a woman of faith, and she's going to trust in God. She's not going to put all of her trust in Tony, although we're partners, and we're thinking about those things now, right? Amen? 
So, so here's what I'm saying. So all of a sudden, because of what I'm hearing and what, what my perception is, it starts working on my flesh and on my intellect. And then I think, okay, yeah, there's a lack here. So maybe I need to make a move. Did you hear what I said? Yeah. Or how about the tons of things that were shown and the tons of things that are talked about? And I can go through the... And you guys, you, social media is the biggest culprit right now about telling people how they should live, what's right, what's good. What, come on. I, I mean, we were at a restaurant last night and somebody's, somebody's doing some kind of a... What, was, what were they doing? Can somebody help me out? No, what was it? A live view. So someone sitting, Jason does, they're doing some kind of a live view. I don't know why. What, what, why? I mean, were they just trying... And, and I don't even know what all that is, but were they just trying to show people that they were out of this restaurant eating? I mean... What was that all about? I mean, who cares? So, 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 so wait, no, no, no. Here's what I'm saying to you, though. What, what, wait. I'm, I'm not trying to be funny, and I'm not trying to be ridiculous. And please, I, yeah, I know, I should, I'm an old man, technology, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, if men had wings, they would fly. No, it's, I'm not saying, what I'm saying to you, my brothers and sisters, is because we're so influenced by all of this stuff. So then that creates this, this perception that, you know what, it could be better for me. I, I can go to the next level. I mean, we see all of these makeovers, these home makeovers. Worst thing that ever happened to an old guy like me. Because now, yeah, hey, I think we should do the kitchen again. I think we should do the bathroom. <laughs> no, it's working fine. It works just as good as it did 20 years ago when we bought the house. Why do we need to redo it? And I know that there are people in this room that can relate. But do you understand what I'm trying to say to you? Kind of in a silly way, but I'm going to say to you, my brothers and sisters, that, that I'm, and, and please, hear my heart. In no way am I saying that, oh, it's a sin and it's of the devil if you're watching these home makeover shows or if you're watching. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is this is the subtlety of the enemy of our soul. And this is how he works. And my brothers, this is how the system of this world works. To get you to look at something, to create a lack for your own, but it's a perceived lack. Especially if you're a child of God. If you're a child of God, you have everything you need. Amen. By faith. And we'll get there as well, I hope, if the Lord allows in this message. It says in the scriptures, how who he, not, how who, he who gave us his only son not freely give up Give us all things. Say that in the scripture. He gave up. He took a body himself. He suffered greatly and dearly. And you mean to tell me that he's going to hold back something from you? He gave everything already. Amen? But see again, but because of our flesh, because of the here and now that we're living in, there's this lack. Let me say again now to the young people. Awesome stuff, man. We've got awesome stuff going on in our family. Uh, uh, granddaughter graduated this week. I, got, I have another granddaughter graduating pretty soon. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't know. When me and Michelle, when Anthony graduated, we slapped a high five. We were <laughs> but, I mean, it's so neat uh, that, that you see these milestones and these things coming up. But so now look. There are these things that are set before our young people. You know, what kind of jobs should they have? Where, what college should they go to? Who to hang out with? What's right, what's not right as it relates to jobs that you should have, clothes that you should wear, how your body should look, who you should date. All of these decisions. But I want to say, a lot of the deci these decisions don't change in life. 
the, the platform or the level may change, but it's still all of these things pertain to life until we go to be with Jesus or if we go into the other place, go there. We're always going to have these decisions and these, these kind of things before us. We're always uh, you know, trying to satisfy something. Amen? How about this? We have a, a, uh, a medical situation. Okay? Again, whenever I say this, I want to preface this by saying I'm not in any way saying that you know, medicine and doctors, that's of the devil. I'm not saying that. I'm not, I'm not saying that at all. But my brothers and sisters, God is our healer. God is. He, God is our healer. He, he's most concerned to, to heal us spiritually, right? Amen? But we also know that he is concerned with our physical bodies. How do I know that? Jesus healed physical malamities when he was here on this planet. Amen? That's one of the things. God, my brothers and sisters, God is a healer. He's a healer. He's a healer of your physical body, of your emotions, mentally. He's, a, he's able to do all things. Come on. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm just going a little bit sideways here. I'm, I'm really concerned because I'm hearing and seeing about all of the, the mental illness. And now as we're going into this a little bit deeper into our homeless ministry and stuff, some of that is because of addictions and or mental illness. I got to tell you, you know, some of it could be, you know, physiological, physical, physical damage, um, oxygen, lack of oxygen, things of that nature. I, I'm not a doctor, obviously, but some of those things are, there, there are definite reasons. But some of it could just be, my brothers and sisters, the devil, demonic. And I know that sounds like crazy talk. It's, some of it's just flat out demonic. And people, young people especially, they're being told and shown and over and over and over. And it's, it's, in, in, and it's subtle, but now it's becoming more blatant. Now it's, the veil is being removed, so to speak. And I don't mean the veil of the temple. I mean another veil. Now it, the veil is being removed. And it's wide open now. They're even naming some of these demon gods that they're worshiping. Now, our young people especially are more susceptible as it relates to pe young people in the church. Why? Well, because the church has taken a kind of a couple of steps back. And we've stopped talking about these things because, again, it's not popular. Again, it doesn't, you know, uh, equal fill-in seats. It doesn't equal the light show, camera, action. No, no, no. So we've got to be careful. And I'm, I'm not, it's not going to get better. It's going to get worse. But my brothers and sisters, we have to talk about it. And we have to, my brothers and sisters, talk about these things. But that doesn't mean that we're all doomed and we're, there's a devil around every corner. That's No, it doesn't mean that at all. What it means is, hallelujah. Is there a devil? Yes. Does he have demons? There? Do we have targets? Yes, on our back. But here's the good news. There is no power that's higher than his. None. Every, there is no power, there is no authority that's higher than his. And if you stand on that word by faith, the devil has no power over you. The only power the enemy has over you is what you let him have. He Amen. And that's, that's what really has him earned. And so he's going to pull out all the stops. He's going to use deception, lies, because he's the father of lies, to make, and see, I know I came kind of a long way, to, but to create this feeling of lack, to create some, and to prey upon your lust 
as a human being. Right? Same game plan. Lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, pride of life. Some of us, well, we can live on meager things, but we still have pride. We don't want anybody telling us what to do. Or if, you know, we, you know, maybe we want to make sure that everybody knows how good we are, how tough we are, how smart we are. How we, that's just as bad. A amen? And the enemy can use that against you as well. So look, what am I saying? So, so this, this young man made a choice. I don't want that lifestyle. I want this lifestyle. So because of his choice, then look, he was taken down. He was taken down. And so look, what, so look, he went and he joined himself to a citizen of that country. Would you put that up, please, Kaysen, on verse 15? He went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into the fields to feed the swine. So look, so here's what happens. There's this lack created. So what do I do about it? Well, number one, if I'm a little bit prideful, maybe I'm not going to humble myself and go back to God. I'm going to find someone else or a different source. And sometimes if I'm really super spiritual, God opened up a door. You know what I'm talking about. We'll justify things. Well, God opened up a door. Mm. No. No. That was just the easiest thing at the moment. Or that was the thing that the devil made all glittery and shiny. And look at here, look at here. And you took the bait. Oh, that sweet talking. I'm telling my granddaughters, don't believe these guys. Don't believe these sweet talkers. Don't believe them. All these young men are evil. I'm kidding. No, but you understand what I'm saying. Don't, don't, don't take the bait. And this is what he did. He joined himself to someone who was of that country. Why is it so? He's not of... He, listen. We've got to be careful about foreigners. No. That's talking about someone who wasn't of the family of God. That's speaking to us in our language. That's attaching ourselves, partnering up with someone in the world, someone who is unsaved, someone who is not born again. We see that so much. I've seen it in my lifetime and in your lifetime. Young people you know, um, having relationships with people who are not saved and thinking everything's going to work out. It's not going to work out. God has warned you about that. Or we, we go into business with people or we form partnerships with people who are not saved. It's not going to work. Somewhere along the line, there's going to be an issue. See, my brothers and sisters, either that person is going to get born again, which is rarely going to happen, or you're going to compromise. So this person compromises. This young man compromises, and now you have a good old Jewish boy with the pigs. And I think that Jesus used those words specifically. This is how bad it got, both from the standpoint of what that young man was willing to do, how he compromised, and then also the, the unbelievable mercy of God when the father welcomes him home, even though he had been with swines. Come on. So my brothers and my sisters, he joined himself, and we have to be careful about that. Who are we, when we're looking for this alternative, when we, when we find ourselves, we made a, a bad decision, and, and we find ourselves maybe in a not-so-good situation, and something presents itself, and then we go after it, and then all of a sudden, it, it's not good. Why? See, he was feeding, right? He was feeding the swines, but he was still hungry. How do I know that? Because it said he was looking at eating the pods at the 
Whatever it is that we're hunting for or that we think we're hunting for, it is God. It is God. Only God can fill it. Yes. So right now, it might be this opportunity to go to this college or this opportunity to take this job, this opportunity, this another milestone in my life, this opportunity to serve in the church this way, this opportunity. All of those things in and of themselves are not terrible, but my brothers and sisters, those things will always come short. If you're thinking, if I could just do that. When I was a younger man, and I was still a Christian, I was born again, I thought, well, if I could just get that next position, then if I could just get that next $10,000 raise, then I will be able to have my, both my kids in private school will be set. It didn't always work out that way. Why? Because, guess what? Every time I get a little bit of a raise, the price of everything is going up. No, I can't fulfill or fill or create that, that perfect atmosphere. I can't do that with the things of this world. I can't fill what the desire of my, that, that God put there. I can't get, have that total fulfillment. It has to come from God. It has to be filled by God. Desperation. That, in, in verse 16, when he says he would have gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate and no one gave him anything. See, that's it is. Ultimately, when we're looking for the world to really fulfill what's, it's not going to happen. But, but understand what's happening. He's doing this. He, to me, this is denoting desperation. You know, he's desperate. There's some fear involved. Man, I, I got to do something. And I'm, if, if I don't do any, if, if at the least I'm going to do, I'm going to eat those pods. Why? Fear. If I don't do that, I'm going to die. No one's giving me anything. I got to do something. So my, my brothers and sisters, in those desperate moments, and in those moments when even when you have a little bit of fear, that's, that's the, the enemy loves that. Because then you're more susceptible to do that next thing. Come on. See, this isn't tracking with something. Some of you are a little bit bored right now, but that's okay. This is the Word of God. See, that's how the enemy operates. There's going to be that little bit of fear or there's going to be that just enough desperation. There's going to be just enough of anxiety where you're going to look for some relief. And the enemy of your soul and mine is working that right now through governments. Come on. Oh, you had to get political. No, I'm telling you the truth. He's working that through governments. They're working out where they can control food so they can control you. They're working where they can control health care, where they can control you. Why? Because then you're going to become some people who will be left behind, will become so desperate that when they say, you need to take this mark, you need to take this chip, you need to do this, you need to jump through this hoop, you need to jump through that hoop. If I don't do this, how can I feed my family? I'm going to do it. That's how it happens. Why? There's an atmosphere created where there's anxiety, where there's des desperation, where there's fear. And that's how the enemy controls us. And that's what happens. I, you know, and, and leave it on a much smaller scale. Maybe, um, maybe you're not considering that right now. Maybe some of you are, are veterans of the faith. But you know what? Even veterans of the faith, I think it was Evie and I was talking yesterday, and you know, we're supposed to be growing, going from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of God. So we can't get comfortable and we got to keep depending on Him and to go to that next level. Amen? And if we're not, you may think that I'm just as good as I was a week ago. No, if you're not growing, you're dying. You're not, there's no such thing as static. So look, you've you got to be growing. So yeah, I, I just remember this. When I was challenged as a younger man, 
um, I was called to the, to the ministry. I was called, and, but I wasn't doing it. I was raising my family. I was working really hard and doing some things. And I shared this with you before. I, I'm, just in time, I met a good friend of mine, a good friend to this day, Tully Blanchard. Uh, he was in charge of the men's ministry at our church. And um, <laughs> he's, he's a bull in a china shop kind of minister. <laughs> so we golfed together, became friends, and... You know, he knew as a minister, and I just did a little bit of prayer at church. Didn't do a whole lot, did prayer, and um, I was doing some things on the property that I worked at as it relates to ministry, but not a whole lot. Uh, he said, what are you doing? I said, well, I'm doing this. You're not doing nothing. And he just tried to just drag me through the mud. He was trying to slap me around. You ain't doing nothing. He says, if you're not winning souls for God, you're not doing nothing. This is, the, this is my friend. He says, you need to go to prison with me. Because he had prison ministry, among all of the other things that were going on. So now, what do I do? Nah, I'm not going. I mean, he challenged me, so I had to step up, man. So I stepped up. But I've got to be honest with you. I was nervous. Never been in that situation before. I was nervous. I was a little bit, I was a little bit, there was a little fear there. Okay, what do I do? How do I do it? What do I, you know? And so I say, well, what, just don't worry about it. You just go in there, blah, blah, blah. You just talk to the prisoners and blah, blah, blah. Just don't do this, don't do that. Don't do this, don't do that. What are you talking about? There was no instruction manual. There's nothing. Just go in there and start mixing with the prisoners and invite them to this thing we're going to have and then start talking to them, let the Holy Spirit lead you. And all. I'm nervous as a cat. But I, I just did it because he challenged me. So my brother says, what am I saying to you? You know what? That thing that God has placed in your heart a long time ago, but you thought, well, it didn't happen, blah, blah, blah. Or the thing that you want to do, but you're a little bit nervous about, maybe I'll put it... No, that, that's, the enemy will minister to you. If it's God telling you, and you've prayed it through, and you know that it's God, then do it. And let, don't, don't let the, the negative circumstances or your own fear, I don't know enough, or don't, don't do that. Seek wise counsel. Amen? Partner with somebody in prayer. But don't, don't not do it. Don't just sit back. Because God is going to move you. He's going he's gonna to be, I mean, I, I, golly. So I, so I did that, you know. And then I really, I, it, was just, it, was just, it was just amazing. I, when I went the first time and, and got involved, it was awesome. And then when I had to go to the, the Max prison, it was a little bit scary. And then they, they brought you into the, like the gymnasium and the guards then, or the, I, I don't know his exact rank or anything, was telling us about some of the things. You cannot do this. Don't do that. Blah, blah, blah. Don't put your face near the slot. You, you got to talk to them through slots. Um, but don't put your face near the slot. We had one of the prisoners uh, jab a pencil in somebody's eye. Blah, blah, blah. It was just really this kind of something. So now I'm thinking, I got something else. To, what am I going to do now? You know what? Okay, just God. You just, So now we go into these pods and they're talking and then I have a guard come up to me. So that prisoner wants to talk to you. Okay, so I go over and you start talking and, you know, and, and just the Holy Spirit just takes over. And, and then you do some things in it, in it and then I was, I'm not worried. I, I put my hand in a slot. I mean, was it foolish? Yeah, probably, but the, you know what, my brothers and sisters, just the Holy Spirit, the, the power of God in you, you've got to trust it. Amen. All right, no, but not foolishly. Pray through. 
do it. Don't let the fear and don't let the anxiety. Because once there, because here's what happens. We have the fear, we have the anxiety, we start to compromise a little bit. And once we start compromising, it's all over. Compromise equals sin. Compromise equals sin. Hallelujah. But see, this, this young man, he has this experience in verse 17. I like the first part of verse 17. But when he came to himself, <laughs> what happened? He remembered, listen, he came to himself. Something happened, something clicked. What clicked? So, so now, this leaves wide open for me to, to speak. Someone like me to say, you know what, what, would it, what, what could this mean? He came to himself came to his right mind. Something clicked inside of his spirit. Well, what, what, what does that mean? Well, how about this? He remembered what his father taught him. Yes. How about that? He remembered what his father taught him. For us, it could be that. What are, we grew up in the church, and all of a sudden, some of the Word of God, some of those silly songs we used to sing in Sunday school, or, or the, our mom, or our dad, or our grandmother, or grandfather, whoever it was that made us go to Sunday school, made us go to church, made us read our Bible, all of a sudden, we remembered something. Amen. Hallelujah. Something clicks. Hallelujah. Because it's living, and because it's powerful. Amen? Because it's eternal. It's not going to go away. He remembered. How about this? He remembered not just what his father said, not just what he was taught out of the law, but he remembered how his father lived. How about that? He remembered. Awesome stuff, God. For us, we have, yes, we need to be examples for another, but we have more than just the law and the prophets. We have Jesus. 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 Listen. Jesus showed us how to live. Jesus showed us. He showed us how to live as a man anointed with the Holy Spirit. You are people, men and women, if you're born again, anointed with the Holy Spirit. So that means the same life Jesus lived, you're capable of it. Why? Because the same Holy Spirit that was in Jesus is the same Holy Spirit that's in you. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Really? Yes. How do you know that? I'm smart. No, it says it in the Bible. Amen? Amen. So, hallelujah. But how about this? For us, could it just be the fact that we know that we know that we know that 2,000 years ago, that God took a body. Hmm. That God became sin, became sin, so that my sin would be totally wiped away. How about that? Can I remember that? Absolutely can I remember that. Did He become sin so that I can continue to live according to this world? No. He became sinned, sin so that my sin would be wiped away and I could live in fellowship with the Father. Amen. He came to Himself. Some of us need to remember that. Some of us need to come to ourselves. No, no, no. Come to, listen, come to the spiritual self. Hallelujah. We need to come to that point where we understand that it's not about who Tony is in this flesh, what he accomplishes in the flesh. It's all about the Tony 
spiritual Tony, that, that Tony that God raised up, that, that, that Tony that God who, who is dead in his sins and trespasses, who spoke life into him in rose. Amen? That Tony is the one that counts. Hallelujah. But when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have bread enough to spare? And I perish with hunger. I will rise, go to my father, and say to my father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. Do you see what he's saying? Listen, listen. This is awesome stuff because it sounds like, well, he's just after the food. No. No. He's, he's remembered the, the character of my father. Right? He's, he's just got a taste of the world. He's just got a taste of his own fleshly lusts and desires, what they lead to. He was in the, the pig pen with the pigs. And so, and when he was in the pig pen with his pigs, where were all of the harlots and all of his party buddies? Come on. So, so watch. So watch. He comes to himself. He remembers. But now as he's rehearsing this, as he's coming to himself, and he's thinking, he's, my father is so different than all of these. My father is totally different. My father doesn't operate this way. Thank you. Glory. Thank you, Lord. I know what I'll do. See, but when he comes to himself, he remembers his father's character. He remembers everything. The thing that he wanted to get away from. Give me my inheritance so I can live like I want to live. Give me my inheritance so I don't have to listen to you tell me what to do anymore. Give me my inheritance. And it doesn't sound like this father was overbearing. Not at all. But in fact, the matter is, the flesh, I've heard, how many times have you heard, the heart wants what the heart wants? Have you heard that? Yeah. And God tells you the heart, the human heart is evil. So don't trust what your heart wants. You need a heart transplant. That heart gets transplanted when you accept Jesus. Amen? And you got hey, to go after it. You got to go after it like you mean. So, so now you have this, 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 this young man remembers the character of his father. No, it doesn't work that way. But then he looks at himself. See, this is what's really important here. I will rise and go to him, Father, I have sinned. Recognizing I have sinned. Man, I shouldn't have listened to that friend. I shouldn't have listened to this friend. If it wasn't for my father, you know, treating me, if my father didn't spoil me, if I, I am so sick of hearing that kind of mumbo jumbo. I'm going to tell you honestly, I'm not going to use names, but you know that church that was, uh, they did the documentaries on, I, I saw some of the latest chapters. Now one of the, 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 um, one of the pastors that was not the global pastor, but he also was caught with, some things wrong and all this. Yeah, he went to rehab and now he's talking a different tune. And the, the tune is this. The tune is, yeah, you know, uh, when I went there, I had to hear about, yeah, lust is wrong, but, you know, they said, okay, well, let's forget about lust right now and let's talk about what caused that. What caused that is your own flesh. What caused that is what was handed down to you by Adam. And the only cure for that is not finding out, well, let's see, what happened in my former life that caused me to lust this way? It's in you. But now this person who was a spiritual giant is now talking some mumbo-jumbo. Yeah, well, you know, it's my fault, but there's some stuff that happened in my past that led me to... 
Oh my goodness. And I had to come to this realization through rehab and blah, blah, blah. What? So when you were preaching Jesus all that time, you didn't really mean it, did you? Come on. So my brothers and sisters, I'm not saying, don't go to counseling. Don't go to rehab. I'm not saying that. But my brothers and sisters, we have a great example right here. This young man made some decisions, found himself in a bad place. I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to go to that one who has been consistently good. That one who is awesome. I'm going back to that one. And I'm going to that one and I'm going to confess I've sinned. This is my sin. I've made the mistake. It's not because I've been put upon. It's not because I'm this race. It's not because I'm this socioeconomic status. It's not because of this thing, that thing, the other. This happened 100 years ago. That happened 200 years ago. It's, not, it's, it's none of that. It's the decisions I've made. Hallelujah. <laughs> I will go to my father. I'm going to tell him, Father, I've sinned against heaven. You See, when he says I sinned against heaven, that's you know, the old Hebrew way that they would say, instead of saying God, all they say I've sinned against heaven. So now, think about that. I've sinned against God. Let's, let's talk about it. I'm a citizen. My citizenship is not here. My, my true citizenship now is in heaven. So that's the law that I walk by. I said, that's the law that I walk by. Amen. See, what's permissible in this world may not... Well, Tony, you always said, don't worry about the don't do's. I, that's true. I, I always say that. But I've got to be honest with you. I'm starting now to... I, I maybe I have to change what I'm saying a little bit because I don't think a lot of people are getting that. Do the do do's, you don't have to worry about the don't do's. But we're mixing the don't do's and the do do's and saying everything's fine. No. Do the do-do's means do those. The other things, leave away. Hallelujah. And I, I am no longer worthy to be called your son. May, make me like one of your hired servants. You see that? Willing to acknowledge the mistake, acknowledge what's been done wrong, and say, I'll be satisfied just to serve you. I'm not asking to be a leader. I'm not asking to be your, at your right hand. I'm not even asking you just to be your younger son status. Just, I, want, I just want to be your servant. Come on. How many people have been duped over the last 40 or 50 years, wherever it's been, with this prosperity gospel and all of these things about coming to Jesus? And they're still preaching it. So how many people go to God or start tithing and throwing money and putting money on credit cards mm -hmm. thinking that they're getting a return and that's really what they're in it for is getting that return? This doesn't sound like that. This sounds like I stink. I don't deserve it, but I'll, I'll, let me be your servant. I don't deserve to even be your son, but let me be your servant. Come on. Hallelujah. So, I'll read the rest. Just listen. In verse 20, he says, And he arose and came to his father, but when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion. Had compassion. How many times do we see that Jesus filled with compassion so he did something? 
See, we could talk about compassion, but if, if compassion is not backed, out, backed up with action, it's not really compassion. And he ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And, and his son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight, and no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servant, bring out the best robe, put it on him. We know what he did. Hallelujah. This, my son, was dead and now he's alive. See, now I want to get to this part because it's pretty important. So hang with me just a little while. I know I'm just a little bit long, but just hang with me. Now his older son was in the field. And as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, your brother has come. And because he has received him safe and sound, your father has killed the fatted calf. So look at me with, in verse 28 what the reaction is. What's the reaction? He was angry and would not go in. That is the absolute opposite. Angry would not go in. Therefore, his father came out and pleaded with him. So he answered and said to his father, Lo, these many years I've been serving you. I've never transgressed your commandment at any time, and yet you never gave me a young goat that I might make merry with my friends. Yeah, but you got your inheritance just like your brother did. You got paid. Yeah, but I, I, I see, watch. Was that even an issue? Was that even an issue before his brother got the party? Wasn't even an issue, was it? No. But the brother getting the party revealed what was inside of him, didn't it? See, my brothers and sisters, there's certain circumstances and situations that God allows to happen in your life. He's going to let the enemy just like he did you, because there's got to be something that you need to know. You need to know. You need to know. Lord, search me. If there's anything offensive to you in me, root it out. And God is not going to wave a magic wand over me and pull it out. That's not how love works. That's not how love works. Love is, okay, I'm going to show you, and if you love me, you do this. I'm going to show you because I love you, and then because you love me, then you're going to take care of it. Come on. See, you're, you're quiet, so I don't know if that was good and you're soaking it in or you're quiet because, ah, you're bored and sleepy. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? So, so that's, that's the way it works. That's the way it works, right? That wasn't an issue. He's, he's, he's angry because he's jealous. He's angry. There's, there's this competition thing. There's, he's angry because I did what was good and, and what am I getting? Well, you got it. You've got it. You've got, to, you've got to stay with the Father. You already have an inheritance. Plus, you're still there, living off of the family biz. I bless you. But as soon as this son of yours came, see, look at how he addresses him. As soon as this son of yours came, it's not, as soon as my brother came, he don't even address him as his own brother. And he's also, listen, he's being snotty with the Father. This kid needs a smack. Dom? This kid needs a smack. Come on. He's getting a little bit snotty with the father. As soon as the son of yours came, who has devoured your livelihood with harlots and killed the fatted calf, you killed the, cat, you killed the catted, fatted calf for him. Excuse me. Say that ten times real fast. But now remember again, he, had, he divided the livelihood among them. The only thing that this... See again, he saw lack. Right? 
Look at the way he reacted to his lack. He sinned. He sinned. How are we reacting to our perceived lack? Are we compromising a little bit? Are we looking to attach with something in the world to fill the void or this perceived lack? Are we getting a little anxious about things? Come on. Right? I mean, it's really easy for me when people ask my opinion about things, and sometimes even when they don't ask, I tell them anyway. (laughs) But, you know, about things that are happening. What do you think this? What do you think this means? What do you think? Man, I could get going. But see, and I could tell them, look, this is what's happening. There's no question in my mind. This is what's happening. It's, It's being set up exactly like the Bible said it would be. But it sounds all negative. And I'm saying, but I don't sweat it because the Bible tells me to look for these things and pray. Yes. But I, it also, look up because my redemption is drawing near. Look up because my re- it's, it's not bad. It's, it's not bad for me. It's good for me. Right? So it's not negative. It's not a glass half uh, empty thing for me. It's a glass half full thing. But here's the thing. What I cannot do is allow that creep into my spirit so much where then I'm no good for God. Amen? So now I've got to keep doing the things that God has called me to do. There's still, as long as there's breath in my body, and as long as, listen, as long as the church is still here, and the church is still here, as long as the church is still here, then that means that there are still souls that need to be saved. That's, that means that there's still gospel that needs to be, listen, that needs to be lived out and sometimes preached so that people can see Jesus. Amen? And that's what you guys are doing with the homeless ministry and the other ministries that come out of this church. And anything that we do, that's what this is all about. And, and listen, I'm going to tell you something. If you're not doing something for God, why not? I'm too busy. Really? Let me see you say that when you stand before him. No, no, I'm, I'm not trying to be a jerk about this because really probably everybody in this room is busy and, and most people in this room are serving God in some form or fashion. I, I understand that. So maybe this is for somebody watching. If you're not serving God, if you're not doing something for the kingdom, if you're not doing something you know, through an organization, well, I give to the poor. Okay, that's fine. But there's something that you should, there's something more than just writing a check. I, I, there's something more. Uh, okay? And, and, and it, listen, it could be very, 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 very simple that you're making a stand in your school, in your home, um, at your work, where they know that they know. If they want to know anything about what the Bible says about a matter, they're going to talk to you. Or they know that they know. If they don't want to hear anything about praising the Lord, they better not say it to you. Are you, are you, are you with me? So in other words, are you hearing me? That you're going, to be, you're going to be an ambassador for Christ wherever you are. That might be what you're called to do. And that's fine. But you better be doing it. Are, are you with me? Okay, I don't know why I went there. But yes, I do. Because God needs us to understand that. We're still here. And it's getting bad. It's going to get worse. But praise be to God. We're still here because He needs us here. We're still here because the light still needs to shine in the darkness. We're still here because there's still some salt that's needed to preserve to hold back. Amen? Amen? There's still some salt needed here. You're a preservative right now. Right? You're, you're, what's, you're what's preserving this. You're what's saving it right now. Keeping it from all going rotten. You and I, we're just saving it. Otherwise, it's rotten. It's all rotten to the core. Come on. So, hallelujah. So, my brothers and sisters, you know what? We need to be, we need to be excited about that. We need to be positive about that. We need to make sure we're moving, we're working, we're doing something about that. If you're here and you love God, then man, that, that means that you're here for a reason. God has something for you to do. Amen? Okay, enough of that. Hmm. 
I want to read to you from Galatians. This is one of those ones, one of those references I want to make for you. In Galatians chapter 5, hang on, we're almost done. Verse 4 through 6. Bear with me. Galatians 5, 4 through 6. You have become estranged from Christ. You who attempt to be justified by law, you have fallen from grace. For we through the Spirit eagerly await for the hope of righteousness by faith. For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything, but faith working through love. So watch. Tony, what has that got to do with where we just were? So this young man is saying all of the things that he did. I obeyed every command. I did everything you wanted me to do. What does that mean? Well, look at what it says. Look at what, see, the righteousness that's achieved is by faith. It's grace through faith through love. This is what we see it in Romans. We see it all over the, the, the New Testament. And we see it here in Galatians. where, he's, where, where this, the, Now remember, context, what Paul is saying to the, 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 the Christians and the Christian, you can't, you, you're not required to fulfill the law now because grace came. If it were possible that someone could earn righteousness through the law, Jesus wouldn't have had to come. So he's saying, if you're now going back to do these works of the law, then grace has no effect on you. And then he reminds them, it, it's, watch, Christ neither was through in Christ neither circumcision or uncircumcision avails anything but faith working through love. Okay, so now watch. I've already talked about this, and we talked about it even last week. Trust God, and you're going to be doing the things that God has called you to do. Amen. And so we even said it now just a little while ago. If God, if you're still here, then you're supposed to be doing something for God. Amen. And you step out on faith and you do it. But look at what it says here. Now this this young man, this older brother. What's, what is revealed in what he said is he's doing these works, but there's no love. Did I just go sideways? No. It's absolute truth. How do, how do I know that? All you have to do is read what he said. I've done all of this, and you didn't even do this for me. And then he, he gets snippy with the father, and this son of yours. Right? Was he doing it through love? No. He was serving the father... For his own good. Not through love. See, love is not selfish. Read 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Love is not selfish. This, young, this older brother is doing things for self. Faith working by love. Amen? Amen. And he said to him in verse 31 with me, he said to him, the older brother, Son, you're always with me, and all that I have is yours. It was right that we should make merry and be glad for your brother was dead and he's alive again and he was lost and is found. See, my brothers and sisters, look. You have every, you've, everything I have is yours. You're, you, you were, you're always with me. There, there was, you never, what did you lack? You've lacked nothing. Right? So, 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 so let me, let me tell our, cat, our, our father, just because our father owns a cattle on a thousand hillsides doesn't mean we eat filet mignon every day. Did you get that? That was good. I hope somebody wrote that down. No, I'm serious. Think about that for a minute. Think about what I just said. 
Just because our Father owns the cattle on a thousand hillsides doesn't mean that we get filet mignon every day. Right? Sometimes we just got to take care of the cows. And taking care of the cows is a lot different than eating a filet mignon. Now, I'm not a rancher, but I just know that that's got to be true. <laughs> but I can eat some filet mignon. Are you with me? Do you understand that? See, I think that's by the Holy Spirit. See, it's, it's, sometimes it's just about serving God. Yes. It's just about serving God. It's just about being so in love with God, just being with God. See, God's got to be enough. God's just got to be enough. You know, married, those of us who are in good marriages and stuff, we understand, like, when we're away from our spouses, we, I, I, don't you feel a little different? Don't you, don't you look forward to going back home? Chris, you better be shaking your head yes or no. Just like <laughs> no, Chris was studying. He was just momentary lapsed. You know. <laughs> no, but you understand what I'm saying to you, though? You know, you know, the other day, Michelle was gone. She, she was doing some, a lot of stuff with her family. It's been a couple of days. So, man, toward the end of the day, I'm calling her. Hey, you almost home? Why? I, I miss her. I, you know what I mean? I, there's this relationship. See, and that's what it is with God and you and me and us, right? Is anybody getting this? Man, this is so good. This is one of the best sermons I've preached in a long time. I'm, I'm serious. God, see, this is what it says. This is, this is love. And see, we could talk about you know, all of these works that we want to do and all of these things and all of these efforts that we want to make. And we, could, and we will, and we're, we're going to continue to talk about all of the, the, the great things, the supernatural things that God does by His Holy Spirit, the signs, wonders, and miracles. Awesome stuff. But you know what? He's good enough without it. Hallelujah. And he's, he's worth it all. Isn't he? Yes. yes. See, the, the older brother didn't understand that. Not at all. There's, he's working, but there's no, it's got nothing to do with love. You know what? And, 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 and I think because of that, we don't realize the benefits of being with our Father. Because we have these expectations or these things and we're trying to mix the natural and the supernatural and we miss everything. So we're looking for the filet mignon but we forget, you know what? Tending the cattle for God, that's a privilege. Tending the cattle for God, that could be pretty much fun. Expect, look at how, oh God, help me. This is so awesome. You know, you know yesterday, you know what made yesterday so special? We did it together. I'm telling you. That was awesome. It was, it was, it was enjoyable. And you know what else I think? I think that the people... Like, I think Pastor Eddie and Wanda, I think they could see the genuine love that you all have for one another. They see the fellowship. They see it. Miss Maria um, and Arturo, Miss Maria said she felt like when she came and visited us, it was like being home. Did, did she say that to any of you? See, that's, that's a testimony. Why? Because there's the love that is with God. God is love. God is inside of us. And then we share this together, and that's a testimony. Right? That preaches, that ministers. That's what this is about. So that's why sometimes tending the cattle is better than the flame in yon. Why? Because we're tending the, the cattle together sometimes. We're doing this stuff together. Come on. This is awesome stuff. This is so good. So remember last week, do you trust God? Do you trust God? Do you trust Him? Do you? I trust Him. I'm going to leave it there. I got more, but I'm just going to leave it there. I love God, and I know you do too. Many of you in this room. Let's not 
miss it. Let's not be looking for these things and, and this glory and that and, and the other thing. And let's not be a sucker for the devil. Right? Let's not him, let him dictate and determine our expectations so that we sense this lack. If this doesn't happen in my life, then you know, I'm going to be disappointed in God. Remember that uh, minister that I referred to a little while ago? I heard um, his, his wife say that when this stuff happened, she blamed God. She was mad at God. Okay, wait. I'm not, hear my heart. And that's why I'm not saying names and I'm saying those. I'm not being hypercritical of a person. But that's the person that it's not their fault. That's the, the last one to blame. You, you've made some decisions and you've done some things. What did you expect? See? And so my brothers and sisters, here's what, uh, the message for us today. Let's be so much more determined to, to work for God, but to be so in love with God that these works that we're doing and even the faith steps that we take whether it is doing this work. Amen. I've never fed the homeless before. Guess what? We're going to do it together. Uh, you know, I've never went to prison before. Guess what? Maybe someday the Lord will lead us and we'll do it together. Whatever it is. Whatever it is. Man, uh, I've got so much on my plate. I, I just don't have the time. Carve out some time. Carve out some time by faith. Well, if I, 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 something's going to go wrong. If I'm not at this place, you know, they're going to miss me. No, carve out a little time. Step out in faith. But don't do it because you feel like I'm going to get something. God's going to bless me for this. Don't do it for that. If you're doing it for that, then really don't do it. But I'm telling you with all the love in my heart and with all the concern as a pastor in my heart, do the things that God has called you to do because you love Him. That's it. That's it. And let me tell you one more thing. Let's not take it out on each other. Okay? That older brother couldn't even love his younger brother, couldn't be happy that his brother, and, and I see that in the church so much, we're harder on each other than we are on the people outside. Well, I don't expect much from them. Fine. Fine. But you know what? We can correct each other in love. But once we start holding grudges and we don't forgive each other or we don't cut each other a little slack, that's a problem. That's a problem. Love. 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 Amen? Amen. Stand with me. Thank you for being patient with me. We did go long. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for your word. Father, you are a good God. And I'm not just saying that because it just sounds good for a pastor to say when he's praying. You are a good God. Lord, you're better to me than I deserve. And Lord, there are many people under the sound of my voice right now who feel the same way. And Lord, we thank you for your word. And Lord, I thank you for the messages that you bring to us. But Lord, I pray now by the power of your Holy Spirit that your word would come alive in us. Lord, truly, I'm not just saying this, Lord, truly, that somehow, some way, that this would spark something on the inside of us, that we would be strengthened in our inner man, Lord, and that we would feel your power and grace, and we would move. Move, Father, under the unction, under the power, under the direction of your Spirit, 
Father, not to the left or to the right, but straight on, straight on the path that you've put us on. Lord, thy kingdom come, your will be done. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. O oh Lord, my strength and my redeemer. God bless you. Go in peace. And before you leave, if you'd like to pray about something with me because of this message, please, I'll stay here for a minute. Let's pray. Amen? Amen. God bless you. Go.